This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Now it's time for Spiritual Learning with Priestess Lily. Welcome to my radio show, Priestess Lily, Sacred Heart Healer, Space Holder and Spiritual Life Coach. Hi, I'm Priestess Lily. Welcome. This radio show podcast I have created to help assist humanity rise the consciousness through connection, holding space for thought-activating conversations with heart-centered leaders, wisdom keepers and divine humans expanding into their authenticity and soul purpose. Which brings me to my phenomenal guest today, Rachel Gillespie. She's a phenomenal artist through her photography and tells a beautiful, captivating story of the stars, Mother Earth, and everything in between. She has a strong presence in her business share in the industry, and she juggles her business and her family life. This has become another strength in her ability to help you balance her life and her work perspective. She has an holistic approach to business and photography. For her, it's about the adventure, the challenge and the ability to push through her limits to keep educating herself that she can be and bring personal inspiration to all through her work. She loves helping people. And through this has taken her on many journeys, many journeys personally, privately, and through her private mentoring and workshop. Welcome, Rachel. Welcome. I've been so excited to get you on this podcast, Rachel, because I think your work is phenomenal. I think you offer so much to the world. I love your story and your journey. And, you know, when I think about... Um, what you offer the world through your eye of genius, it's absolutely magical. So welcome, girl. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited about being on here too. And it's, you know, it's been, um, I don't know how long we've known each other now. It's quite a long time. But, um, yeah, it's been really amazing to watch you grow and develop in your journey too, hun, because, um, I think I was trying to think when we first met. We were talking about um, women's refuge at one point at somewhere yeah. way back in my beginnings journey, and I can't remember even where that was. I think it was at someone else's seminar or event or something. And yeah, I think it was. And then we've just yeah, we've been connected to other people, like you know, connect like yes. we how connected we actually are. And then we had those you know common friends and, hmm. and things from your younger years, and. Um, yeah, it was really interesting because um, the, I think that the um, big tipping point for me with connecting in with you was actually after my dad passed away, mm-hmm. which was in 2018, and you called me out of nowhere, and I was at the lake 
And you said, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I have this message that's come through and, um, you know, your throat was tight and you had something that you wanted to say, but you weren't able, whoever it was, was you didn't even know what was going on with me at the time, but you were like, whoever this is, is, didn't get to say what they wanted to say. And that was when my dad passed away, he had actually gone into a coma. So he didn't actually get to say what he wanted to say. And I said, I was sitting, and you said it's something to do with water. And I said, I'm sitting at the lake. <laughs> I was at the lake doing my work on my laptop in the back of my car that day, um, just enjoying the nature because I needed to connect. And um, you called me and said that. And I was just like, what? And then I said his name was Ronald. And you said your dad's name was Ronald. And we had this big conversation about all of that. that. It was so, I was just like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, so that was kind of when I was starting to really um, open my spiritual journey more after my dad passed away because I um, always had that, but I didn't really understand a lot of stuff back then. And um, yeah, it's been it's been fascinating. So I've followed you ever since and watched all your, um, you know, videos and and things and. On, on honestly, yeah, uh, love your work, and I think you and I are probably quite on a similar wavelength in a lot of ways um, through our journey. So, thanks for having me on. It's exciting. Oh, I'm excited to hear. I don't remember calling you, but then I don't remember <laughs> what I did bloody yesterday, let alone what I say to people. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. And you said something like um, something to do with something fishing, and I was like, yeah, that'd be dead because he was always out fishing in Kaikoura and doing his cray pots and stuff, and. Yeah, it was just a totally cool situation, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And then you said, "Oh my god, I've got full god body body goosebumps," and so did I. And it was just like, "Wow, this is so cool." And I think that's and, the um, thing, you know, when we think about spirituality and how we connect, it's actually like for me. I know it's not meant to make any sense to me as long as it connects to you. Yeah. And quite often, I mean, I know that for myself, and I'd love to know what you think, Rachel, when, like, when we do get messages or get our own guidance, sometimes it's actually not that clear, is it? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's trusting in your own um, channel or whatever it is you tap into. So for me, I've, over my life, I've always known um, that I had a connection to spirit, but I didn't understand what to do with it. And, and probably still don't to be fair um but I've learned to lean into it and tune into it and listen to it and you know go with my intuition and all of that um a lot more and it seems to really work for me um and you know I had a, a pretty interesting spiritual experiences when I was a small child when I was like three and four but I didn't understand what that was and nobody in my family was actually spiritual or uh, well, actually, probably were, but weren't actively. Um, my dad actually probably was the one, actually, funnily enough. But he never knew. He just lived it. Um, but, yeah, uh, and we never, we weren't, didn't go to church. We weren't christened. We didn't have any um, religious background either. So it wasn't until I was, at, I don't know, probably 17 or 18 that I started getting into the world and started looking at other people, the way they did things and saw things. And I had a Catholic boyfriend and I was like, oh, that's random. The stuff they used to say, and I'd be like, well, that doesn't actually gel with me. I don't understand the logic in that. Um, no no disrespect to anyone, but um, I just, I had no experience with it. Uh -huh. And then I realised that I actually had no spiritual um, understanding of my own self, if that makes sense. I'd always I'd always kind of just run on intuition and 
gut feeling and stuff and that was dad who taught me that but I didn't have any understanding of um you know anything to do with chakras or um any of that stuff which now I use on a daily basis um so I kind of went on this bit of a spiritual quest in my early 20s and um you know I always felt like I never fitted in anywhere I ever went but I always felt like kind of special at the same time which is you know a bit random um and everything I ever used to do or work in, I used to always seem to end up working in these environments with these incredible amazing leadership type people so I'd sort of learned early on that you know it's who you hang around with or who you spend time with is who you become and all of that stuff and um so for a long, long time, I just kind of went on that intuitive stuff and, you know, who did I know that was doing something I wanted to do and getting to know them or learning from them. And um, it wasn't until I was um, in Australia, actually, I lived in Sydney for five years and I went to a John D. Martini talk and that was my first sort of understanding of, of anything a, a little bit different um, than, the you know, the normal normal um society conditioning which i'm completely don't fit into um <laughs> never have done that. um yeah and then i also learned a lot about health and wellness so on oh, my whole life i've had a lot of allergies um and um allergic reactions to lots of medication and foods and stuff and um i had i she had quite a lot of illness when i was a child because i got fed all these foods that were making me sick but no one knew about that stuff then and um yeah, so then I started learning about health and wellness in a different in an energetic sense and looking at things like epigenetics with Bruce Lipton and John D. Martini was a chiropractor, so he talked a lot about the spine and all of those things. And um, we did a study, uh, I ended up doing a lot of work with John and actually hosting him in New Zealand at one point. And um, he did the Breakthrough Experience, which was a program for um, you know overcoming traumas and things and, and, and moving forward. But then I also did a lot of other study with him on programs like um one he did called Imperience, which was a study of the religions of the world um and that was mind-blowing for me because i ha- i was a blank canvas i didn't have any preconceived ideas about that mm-hmm. and then i started to see all the missing pieces of my puzzle of all the questions that i had about how the world actually works um and i learned a lot of stuff around um the history of the of the banking system and all of that, which I won't name any names, but um, understanding, you know, how things actually work and, you know, pulling back that um, veil, blinders, you know, the veil that was there that I was just like, what the actual, you know, what, oh, my God, like, holy. Yeah, so all these, like, domino effects started happening for me and um, it was quite exciting at the same time as, quite weird because not anyone around me kind of could relate to me what I was thinking and I suppose that was a time where I sort of chose myself and a bit more which I hadn't probably done for my whole life really and um, you know just started thinking about well what was my direct connection to source Um, how do I go about that and I think this is a really interesting thing for people in our life's journey is there's no perfect way to do that Uh we all have a different um, connection to different realms out there depending on where we're actually from Um, where you know where our 
I guess I could say past lives where, you know, where we come from, what our journey's been, what wisdom we hold in our hearts that come from many incarnations and all of that. And I started learning about all of that, which I didn't have any understanding about. So I was a bit of a sponge, um, incredibly open-minded, which I think is a key thing. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff I learned, I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me, which, you know, probably wasn't my jam. But a lot of stuff I learned, I was like, okay, I can see how, However you learn about it, the building blocks are kind of the same for, um, you know, opening your mind to greater possibilities. A lot of the stuff people live their lives by today are so closed to the mind, body, soul, spirit connection. And I kind of felt like in my early 20s, I didn't really know what I was here for if that makes sense and so I went on a bit of a quest to figure it out and I always everything I've ever done has always been about people so it took me a long time to um, I guess find that more self-worth self-love of myself and then you know when I was about 30 I thought I had my life nailed thought I was in a really amazing place knew exactly who I wanted to be etc etc yeah and next minute, <laughs> found myself in uh, a whole another dynamic that I in a million years would have never have thought would be mine and um, ended up being in an abusive relationship and got married to that person and had three children with that person and um, went through Women's Refuge, which was where I sort of connected with you somewhere along the way mm-hmm. and lost myself down a rabbit hole of social idealisms and being a single mum through domestic abuse, which was not something I had any experience about. No one I knew had done that or been through that and um, found out who my couple of good friends actually were. That was actually the hardest part of the whole thing, actually. A lot of people couldn't handle talking to me or being in my space because they didn't know what to say or do and the greatest gift in that now when I look back was I actually had to go within Uh you know my whole life I'd probably been looking on the outside for other people to support me or you know tell me that it was going to be okay and that was a time when I had to figure that out on my own you know on the inside find my own strength and courage and often now people say to me oh wow look what you're doing now compared to back then and you know so much courage and I was like well I don't even think it didn't even think about that at the time but when I look back on it now I think we all have this pocket of courage I call it which we sometimes don't find until we are pressured or pushed into a scenario or a situation that we have a choice to access it. And sometimes people don't access it. Yeah. And I think, and so they'll, yeah. I think what you just said is really important because, you know, different story, but very similar over here. (laughs) So many aspects, you know, I remember, I think we are so conditioned in our society. You know, when I think about me and think about my abusive you know, marriage, first marriage, um, people avoid us because they don't know how to deal with our brokenness. Mm. They mm. don't know how to deal with our brokenness. All of a sudden we might trigger their vulnerability, you know, what's yeah. going on for them. 
and they think they need to fix us. Yeah. But actually, no one can actually fix us. We've got to like go more and more deeper within. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to just think, God, if someone would just cook me a meal or someone would just look after my kids for two hours so I could just have a sleep. That's all I'm looking for. You know, I don't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Simple stuff. If you know, if there's anyone out there that's supporting someone going through something like this right now, cook them a meal, look after their kids for two hours, whatever. Simple, yeah. simple, simple stuff. Give them a petrol voucher. I don't know. Like, you know, basic stuff. Um, and, you know, I just had a scenario where I had a friend who was going through some stuff and I just said to you know, why don't I come around and give you a massage and do some Reiki on you? And she was just like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. You know, and I was just like, oh, I can do that. That's easy, you know, um, because I've been there. I know what people need, I suppose. Maybe that was the gift in it for me. Um, I was just listening to a video earlier from a guy called Gary V. You might have heard of Gary. He's pretty amazing. Um yeah businessman in New York and he's a really cool vulnerable guy and he says it as it is a New Yorker and he was talking to this guy was talking about going through trauma and he said um you know his mum had been a druggie and she had died and he had this amazing successful business but he still couldn't um feel like he wasn't the little boy who you know had gone through that he couldn't get rid of it and and he said um you know, the only thing that's important is what's on the inside and I can see you've got poison inside of you and you need to get the poison out. And I thought it was a really cool way of thinking about it because he said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you go to, if you don't go to therapy, if you don't want to go to therapy, then, um, you know, go out in nature or find another way, whatever it takes to get that out. And he said, until you get that out, you're going to never, you're never going to be able to um, feel full, fulfilled or whole or whatever and I thought what a cool way of thinking about it especially for today's youth and people you know and men and that it's a good statement to just go wow that's actually a really cool way of looking at it because that's what what it sort of is and for me um during then you know my story but the the journey of getting into being a photographer and it's particularly an astrophotographer that was my way of getting the poison out that was my way of um, overcoming my traumas and putting myself the energy I had into something creative because I'm particularly creative and very visual um, and you know I, I used to talk a lot about a lot of stuff but I'd be talking but not doing and I found that the camera actually helped me to to do some creativity and some doing which somehow or rather changed my whole um relationship with trauma if you want to call it that um yeah so it's quite fascinating because that became my way of getting that toxic energy out of myself um nature grounding connecting you know even just for me I'm very because I'm very um physically connected with my energy as well I just go out and stand on the grass even if it's raining with bare feet and ground myself and imagine you know roots going from my feet of energy down into the soil and just basic stuff you know this is probably nothing new to your listeners but a lot of people don't do know anything about this or do this or teach their children or you know just the little things about that's why we like being at the beach or on the grass because you know we just we just have that natural uh, attraction to it because it gives us that that opportunity to be grounded 
which is really important when the soul and the physical body is going through a transformation because when you have that transformation of energy, you then somehow have to process that in your physical body. And I think this is something I've been learning a lot about lately with my teenage daughters that is um, such a missing piece of a lot of people's puzzle. So they'll do all this trauma work, they'll do all this um, spiritual work, but they're not actually grounding it into their physical body. And your physical body to me is a, is a, it's a space suit, it's a portal, it's a way to actually live in the human life. Um, and it's all directly run and, and, and uh, the quality of your physical body is based around the um, way that you can um, integrate your spiritual uh, wisdom and knowledge and all of that as as a package, you know. I don't know if I'm explaining it, but no, you can't, I, I totally see a lot of people who do a lot of spiritual work, but they don't actually integrate it into their actual life or their physical body or whatever, and then they become uh, either sick or stressed or go through this levels of anxiety up and down because they know that they've done all this work, but at the same time not physically feeling it um that it's you know transformed um so I had this really amazing experience with um another healer that I worked with who helped me with a cervical cancer scare that I had in 2020 it was a really good example um of yet again it wasn't until I went through it that I understood it so sometimes we have to go through these things to then have an awareness and an understanding and then to, for me I'm very much into um applying what I've learned before I do something else because I think we can do 50 seminars and not apply any of it yeah into our actual daily lives you know what I mean um and that's when we get frustrated and we end up not achieving things we want because we're just overwhelmed with information and and we might have had a spiritual experience or seen stuff and you know downloaded a whole lot of stuff or whatever but we're not actually connecting it to the life we're living and being authentic with that in terms of just being yourself around everybody because people have fear so that's something that I've really realized oh, well, I'll just go back to that story for a second so I had I, got, I found out I had stage one cancer which is not huge but you know it was big enough for me at the time um the day before the level four lockdown in New Zealand. So I had to wait for five months to go and see a specialist. So I was like, like hell, I'm not waiting that long. <laughs> you know, this thing's in my body. I'm, I'm going to do something with this. So, you know, I had this experience and I went through this healing um, and then it actually ended up being something I'd brought through from a past life, which was a really fascinating story. And I didn't even really know much about that before that. And um, when I and I felt pretty good three or four days later, whereas previously I had a lot of pain. And then uh, when I went to the specialist five months later, she's like, oh, this is really crazy. She said, this is not what I was expecting to see. And, um, you know, basically I've got a full clearance. So I know for a fact, based on that experience, that's exactly what happened. As I cleared, we cleared that, it went out of my physical body and then I've done a lot more work on that sort of stuff since because it fascinated me to know actually what is this all about. So, uh -huh. <clears throat> yeah, it's quite amazing. And I think, you know, just in terms of the whole grounding um, stuff for me is, you know, you can, even if you're busy, 
you can easily, if you work in an office or whatever, you can find ways to do it in your lunchtime or, you know, straight after work or whatever. It doesn't have to be a long, big thing. Um, you know, just find ways to do that. And and if you can't take your shoes off or whatever, use your hands um, as an alternative. And it's just, I don't mean, it sounds so basic, but people don't think of these things for some reason. Um, you know, quite often I'll put my hands into the grass or, or into the water. Water's another, you know, a good way of of doing that too. And I remember when I had little children, someone said to me, um, you know, if, if you've got a crazy chaotic scenario going on in your house, at tea times and whatever, throw your kids in the bath, throw them into a pool, throw them in some water, and it changes their entire state. <clears throat> and I remember this as when my kids were little because I had three under five and thinking, wow, that's quite a good idea. And actually it was quite a um, a practice for me on the regular, just, you know, and probably still is now with my kids actually, and they're 15, 13 and 10. Get them near the beach or in water. They're different children, you know. Get them off those devices. Um and out there into nature, whatever whatever way you can or whatever environment you're in, mm-hmm. there's ways of doing these things, um, you know. So I don't know. I think it's just it's a it's a holistic approach, I suppose. Um, I use that grounding a lot because it's easy and it's something simple that everyone can actually do. Doesn't you don't have to even believe in it. You could just actually try it and see if it helped you. Yeah, you know. I, th- I think what you're saying is, is like so important. You know, obviously right now the world is in transformation. Everyone yeah. in the world is in transformation. Whether we want to be in it, we're in it. You know, we're in the we're in the rebirthing canal all together, <laughs> but we're not sure what we're birthing into. Like yeah. all we can see is the darkness and the tiny bit of light. And I think the thing is, um, so many people right now are are acting a part of that collective crazy energy because they're, and they're just being drawn into it because they're not grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A grounded soul and a grounded body, half of the shit wouldn't even get through the front door. Yeah. You know, even like our governments and institutions and everything, we, would, we wouldn't, if we were, if we were a grounded nation right now, an absolute grounded country, New Zealand, or you know, wherever mm. you're listening, or mm. had a grounded community, we would be acting so differently on so many aspects. Absolutely. And you know, when you go back to what I was saying before about um, you know, fear, which is is very real. Oh <coughs> it's very real for, for many people. Um however, it's not real at all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you sort of go, actually, I don't, uh, very, on a very rare occasion now, I might have a bit of fear about something, but I just don't live in that world anymore. Um, I've learned to uh, use fear as a tool, as a trigger, it's a trigger for something. And then I go, hang on a minute, that, I know that's not real. Um, you know, it's one of those things, it's almost like when you master the fact of not letting fear run your life, it's like you join some other secret club or something that only other people that have done that too understand what you're trying to say it's almost like a weird scenario where people that are still in fear they just can't hear you if you explain how to go about that or how to you know live a fear-free world 
um, it's not something you can teach somebody. They have to actually do it themselves. And that's the really tricky thing, right? Like I can say to my teenage girls, well, you know, that's actually not true. That hasn't happened yet. You're focusing on the fear of the future and something that is not in existence right now. And this is what I say to my teenagers. Um, because actually the, they're, the, they're the important generation at the moment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Teaching them all this stuff is so crucial for the future of humanity and, you know, onwards. Um, and, you know, they go, oh, yeah, you know, they, they're so caught up in this uh, habit of fear and a lot of that's to do with what's happened over the last few years, of course. Um, you know, that's it's another whole conversation around teenagers and kids and schools and what's been happening in the air and everything. Um, and, you know, it's our job as adults now to, and I do this with other kids too, not just my own, is to take on the responsibility of teaching these basic tools and strategies to the young ones, whoever kids they are, through photography, through sports through art through music whatever it is you do whatever you whatever you're good at as an adult I feel like at my age 48 I am now had a torch passed on to me probably by my dad to share what I know to the next generations so that they can understand the magic of being in your own heart, understanding who you really are, what you're here for, and all. I mean, who doesn't want to know what they're here for? That's the that's the main question everybody must ask themselves on a regular basis, surely. And if you're not, then not quite sure what planet you're on. But um, <laughs> you know, the fear of something happening in the future that doesn't yet exist has been so marketed to us for so long, and all my life. Um, that we actually have to change that and teach that and live that and show that. And so through my photography journey and what I do even when I take I take a lot of ladies out, just I attract women photography people, clients, um, you know, a lot of the conversations we have, it, you could almost cut and paste some of, the, some of these conversations through workshop to workshop, client to client, because we have all been in the Western world anyway, um, sold the same sizzle if you want to call it that and unfortunately that's affected our communities to such a great degree that we're in this situation we're in right now so we have to suck it up harden up whatever you want to call it and I don't normally use those words maybe that's not the right way to put it but we we have to choose to be brave enough pull out that pocket of courage and say I'm not going to go along with that. I'm actually going to teach people what I know to be true. And that can be quite challenging in this community we're currently in, especially after the whole segregation mandating ruddy, ruddy, our people are afraid to say what they think more. Um, And it it actually fires me up more to be even more speaking my truth on, and I've been on like four podcasts lately, which is really interesting as a guest speaker because the universe wants me to the un i know that i know for a fact that i've had conversations with my higher powers and i know that i'm supposed to speak my truth whether people like that or not is actually not important for me what's important is that the people that want to hear what i have to say will get the message and if everyone was able to do that or if more people, at least 50% of the population, let's say, because it's always a 50-50 game anyway, 
and 50% of the population found that pocket of courage, opened it up, had a conversation with someone about what they really believed in, um, actually asking someone how are they in the right way because, you know, that's another whole thing, um, and sharing their knowledge of wisdom, truth, humanity, you know, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. We've all got our own, like, fingerprint. We've all got our own version of sharing that story or that knowledge but actually having the ability to accept that lots of people might not gel with it and that's okay because they're not your people and I think that's a really big one for me as well that I've learned who my people are and you'll know this with what you do all the time I don't have to agree with all my family members about their beliefs and they don't all have to agree with me about mine I can respect them for who they are I can love them for who they are but my soul family and people like you and other women especially that I'm connected to that's actually who I go to for advice that's who I go to for the times when I am feeling feeling vulnerable and I don't have an answer or I go shit I know this is affecting me but I can't see it for myself I'm blocked here how can I or who can I actually um, talk with that can help me with this? And so then I have my little group of soul family people who I can go, hey, what do you think about this? Or have you experienced this? Or do you, what do you think about this? You know, um, and I think, you know, we've kind of seemed to have lost a lot of that over the last mm-hmm. like 30, 40 years. My mum's age, she's in her 70s. She's amazing, um, you know, very positive but they just weren't taught any of this stuff growing up. So I don't, you know, I love my mum to the absolute moon, but I don't talk to her about a lot of this stuff because she thinks I'm woo-woo and she thinks that I'm a a bit of an activist. (laughs) As much as she loves me to bits and I love her to bits, it's just not the conversations we have, you know. Um, So I could get bent out of shape about that or I could go, actually, you know what, I respect her for where she's at and I'm going to go and find somebody else I can share, you know share that knowledge with and, and I have developed my tribe of, of people that I do that with and so you know I think the more we do that the more we get then show the way for other people to give them permission to say it's okay if I actually ex- extend my soul family out to other groups other people um and, you know, I was thinking of talking about this with my partner the other day because a lot of guys don't do this very well and it's getting better. But, you know, he was sharing his story with someone, another guy recently. And because I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you shared your story with that person? And then he shared a story back. And had I not have suggested that, um, they would have never had that conversation. And then they were both like, oh, wow, this is so cool. So, you know, this is the other thing is it's the people around you giving them the support to say, hey, you know what, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a different understanding of how these things work. We might not all agree, but, you know, be open-minded and and the strength and vulnerability. So this is what I say a lot to men now that I know, is that the strength and vulnerability is so much greater than you ever understand as men. And they go, oh, what do you mean by that? And even just that statement, because they have never thought about that. They just see it as a weakness. You know, the Brene Brown story and all that. Um, I always send them to those videos and they go and watch those videos that, that she's done on on um, shame and vulnerability, which changed my life actually watching those. 
Um, and then, then you go, oh, wow, this is another, another whole way of, of communicating and talking. Do you know the, um, the guy from She's Not Your Rehab in Christchurch there? Okay. He's doing amazing work on this. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's important because then we give, what we actually do is we give people permission to heal. Yes, 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 yes. We will, We have so many wounded people out there right now being triggered and traumatised mm. past life stuff. You know, I yeah. know that for me, as much as I've done a lot of past life work on um, my witch wound, um, my witch wound, I know at the start of this year with the separation and the whole, yeah, that whole narrative, my witch wound was so deeply activated. Yeah, and I, I can had to go to back and actually do some deep work around that. And you know, I know that during that time I was angry and I was vulnerable and I was hurting and in pain, and it was really hard to actually be on. It was really, really physically hard to be present in your body, like to actually physically mm-hmm. be present in your body, um, mm. and feel the feel, like actually feel the feel because you're so deeply activated and I for me it wasn't about me in some aspects it was the frustration that humanity was going to do all of this again yeah and to it was yeah I was like like, you know what I've done Lemuria I've done Atlantis (laughs) like come on people have you not read it have you not read the bloody warning signs And that was my frustration. That was my frustration. And, you know, that was my, so I, and when I started to speak and started to, you know, heal my wound and and really dig in deep again, it gives permission for other people like to heal and to see what's going on for them. And I think that's like the, they might not see it straight away, but I'm sure half of New Zealand is starting to see it now. But yeah, do you know what I mean? I absolutely relate to that and I actually went through a similar journey and I saw you go through that journey too and I probably piggybacked on some of your cool stuff around that time too because I was hurting too and maybe this is the whole point a lot of people I think like us who had been through those uh, have an awareness of all that stuff too for starters but um, went through all that time so I had a tourism business that I lost everything during COVID and had to start again after building myself up from being you know, a single mum for 10 years and, you know, working my ass off to survive and getting into a really good financial place and then lost it all over again. I was so angry um, about that. And, you know, I had to really address myself with myself, if that makes sense. And Uh I decided I've lost everything financially anyway. I might as well take the time to actually do this work on myself that's presenting. And I'd never really done that ever for you know an extended period of time so like I've done a lot of personal development and gone to all these courses but then you go back to your normal life Uh so I was like no actually the universe has given me space and honor that and I knew I keep getting these same channeled messages because I get channeled messages a lot and I keep getting these same channeled messages I I hate the messages I know. You're like, I, like, I had to stop. I just have something better. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and tune in to my own soul and all the stuff that was going on was just a feedback mechanism for me. And I knew that logically, but having to actually integrate that 
at that soul body level thing again was another story. So I actually, um, and I've been going through menopause, which is also another whole scenario to deal as well. Um, and I just went, you know what? I actually love myself enough to stop and take the time to actually figure out what this is actually presenting to me because I knew I knew that I had a gift spiritual gift but I didn't know what to do with it you know I'd had a lot I've had a lot of deja vu I have deja vu every week like I see stuff I do a lot of um I have a lot of light codes that download for me and especially when I wake up in the morning or during the middle of the nights and um you know I've learned to allow that into me whereas before I might have been a little bit reserved about that and blocked it uh-huh. and so during the first five months of this year which were the most financially difficult for me I chose to put money and financial security to the side as a part of my life but not the most important part of my life because I'd been a single parent for 10 years and I had to be the mum the dad the, you know the provider and all that I'd actually become super masculine and I was just we were t- I was talking about this with my my now new partner who I've been with for um, a few months now um, that I had become so hard and I had become so masculine because I was the provider and there's a lot of people who relate to this if you're it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, but if you're a single parent yeah, um, or you're the one income earner or whatever, you actually forget about who you really are and what you're here for sometimes because you're so conditioned into the system. Yeah, And, oh, I've got to do this because I've got to pay tax. Oh, I've got to do this because I've got to pay GST. Oh, I've got to do, do this because I've got this bill and that bill and the school fees. And then it's going to be 2023 and I'm going to have a new set of bills. And, you know, you just you get into this whole sort of conundrum so I just thought no actually the universe will provide for me if I honor myself and that was actually my entire thought process for five months I didn't know how but I didn't I knew I didn't need to know how I just needed to trust for me that was really difficult I don't know how much layers I ripped back but there was a lot of layers of that onion that I had to peel back to get to the um you know the source or the or the place of where I had this amazing ability to connect with all sorts of different people and and things and so I started this quest of knowledge in a spiritual sense and I started asking myself for answers I started talking more to my guides um you know if people for people that are from photography that might be listening to this podcast who are not who are new to all of this <laughs> my photography followers they're gonna be going what the hell, what the hell? Um, <laughs> you put yourself out of the box you can't I know. put yourself back in um <laughs> you know and I just I had to come to a point of owning it because in the photography industry this is probably quite a um a wacky conversation for a lot of those people because they are often um, academic or science-based or whatever. Um, they don't always have the connection or haven't developed the connection to spirit at this time and, you know, they just don't understand it. And everybody's got the ability um, to to do so. Anyway, for, 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 that, for, those, for that scenario and, the, and that stuff that I went through, 
Um, I actually lost a few friends, so that was fine. Um, I don't know if that's the wording you'd even use. I transformed my friendships with different people. Um, and that was part of the letting go of old stuff, which was I was ready for it. And I think that was a big part of what's happened to me in these last couple of years is that it, I was ready to shift. I knew it was time to shift. I knew that I had so much more in me. I didn't know like how to access it at the start. And then the more and more that I started talking to myself from that inner soul perspective and, and you know, looking and listening to other podcasts like this and asking the universe for guidance and show me the way. So I do a lot of that stuff every day where I'll, and I always have for years and years. I started out back in the day with Louise Hay and, and those, that type of stuff, um, which I find fascinating. And, you know, I ask the universe to show me the way. I call in angels at night and, and, you know, I'm teaching my kids this stuff as well so they can then obviously pass those torches on. And, you know, whether it be true or not, I don't know sometimes if it's a thing, but I'm just trusting in it that it is and it seems to work for me. And so <clears throat> I think that's really hard for a lot of people who like to measure things, that you can't measure everything. You can't see everything. Sometimes you have to trust, trust your inner self. Um, and you're not always aware of the um, paybacks you're going to get in positive ways from doing that until you've actually done it enough times, um, you know. And so I started doing that and I did a lot of work on myself and I started um, doing a lot more channeling my energy, just allowing myself to actually open up all my chakras to receiving. And that was a big thing. So I used to do a lot of chakra work every day but I, and I would release old stuff but I wasn't asking to receive. Uh -huh. So I had this bit of a light bulb moment where I was like, you know, doing all the stuff, doing all these affirmations, release, 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 you know, breathing, let it all go, rah, rah, rah. That was all great, but I wasn't asking for the equal opposite of receiving. And I had this light bulb moment where I was like, holy shit, I'm releasing all this stuff, but actually hang on a minute. What about asking for what I actually want? Actually, not just so when I breathe in, receive, receive, receive at what's meant for me in easy and perfect ways or whatever. Um, and then release, release, release the things I no longer that I no longer need in this moment. And, and you know, just talking to myself and do it a lot of the time, not saying it even out loud. Just you can do it on a bus, a train, a car at the traffic lights, whatever. Um, I do a lot of visualization of putting golden light through my chakras and one of my past lives I've been told I've brought through in this life a golden um, shaft through my chakras so I can activate that at will when I'd use that a lot for Reiki, um, which I do mostly on my kids and, and people I know, but I don't do it as a business, but it's just something that I do um, quite a lot. And, you know, so I just kind of started going through all of that and understanding past lives and soul contracts and all that stuff that was new to me. I didn't even know much about that, but I'd sort of heard a bit about it, but I didn't understand it. So I kind of went on a bit of a quest for knowledge. And the more I learned, the more present I became with today and in the moment, instead of worrying about the fears of the future, worrying about the guilts of the past, etc. And yeah, pretty, pretty epic stuff started to happen. And the other thing I did that which was so exciting for me was that I asked for a relationship that I wanted and I manifested that and that you know my partner that I'm with now is absolutely incredible and is all the things that I asked for and more. Um 
you know, and I never trusted in doing that before this. I knew it was a thing. I knew you could do it, but I never actually did it until this time. Um, and I think, yeah. I think, what you know, this is what people, and I get this, the thing is you've surrendered it and every day you've connected to the same you know, I think people, spirituality, there's no time frame. Divine, you know, divine timing, divine will. They're the two lessons that you will learn with spirituality. And I think you just said something really important. Like people just think, oh, if I say it, you know, why isn't it coming? Why isn't it coming? Why? You've got to show up in that vibration every friggin' day, don't you? Yeah. And that's yeah. what people miss. Yeah, and they think, oh, I've done my list. I've told the universe, I've written my list, but it's like you've got to connect to it every day, show yeah. up with it every friggin' day. Um, and, you know, just the whole going back to the stars as well, you know, like our DNA is made from stars. We know that. That's scientifically proven. It's not, mm-hmm. a, that's not woo-woo at all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Well, um, and you know, because I'm an astrophotographer and I've, d- I've done a lot of work in the Dark Sky Reserve out at Araki Mount Cook and places like that and down in Fjordland and other amazing places, you can't stand there under that Milky Way and not be changed by that time after time after time after time. And you see things and you experience things and you take other people and they're just absolutely mind-boggled because they've seen six stars in the sky their whole life, you know, like people used to come out from america from places like san francisco and new york and that they don't even see the stars there because there's so much light pollution and so then you know you're going oh well this is this and this is this and this is our galaxy we're actually from the milky way galaxy this is our galaxy and people like i've never thought about it like that before like to me it's just so fascinating how people are so conditioned from wherever they come from to the narrative of what they've been seen online and whatever else um you know, and that's quite logical and normal that that happens, but you have to have some um, strength to actually step out of that. It's actually quite hard to, like addiction, you have to step out of the, um, what is it called, the mainstream if you want to actually really learn about all these things and understand exactly how the universe does work because realistically what we're taught in schools and things we're teaching kids is actually rubbish no offense um but you know my kids tell me what they learn at school and then I'll talk to them about what I know about it and then they go away with two versions um but you know going back to the Milky Way it's such a cool way that anybody can do if you just drive somewhere in New Zealand you can find a place um and lots of other countries too but particularly in New Zealand you can find a place where you can go on the regular and sit somewhere and look at the stars you know, it sounds silly, but get off your bloody phone and look up, you know. We, we're we all guilty of this, particularly for the youth, you know, particularly for the teens. <clears throat> what if we were to teach them all of this and, and to understand their own magnificence by looking up and looking at the stars and the moon and the planets and even if you just start with that instead of TikTok and whatever else. I'm still like a student and learning on all this topic, topics too, but Visual stimulation for me is a crucial thing, and 70% of people are visually stimulated. That's why we are so bombarded with so much content and imagery nowadays, but why not fill up your mind 
with a different kind of imagery, a different kind of epic content that is something that actually builds your heart and soul. Um, you know, think for yourself, listen to your own soul journey, which I think is a really big thing that a lot of teachers don't teach in this field. You don't have to do it the same way as I do it or you do it or mm-hmm. Epac Tropra does it or whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. There's no – it's such an open-ended thing there's no that there's no perfect way to do it. Um, I highly recommend people learning about how to open your chakras. If that's all you get from this talk, please look into that because I think that's a game changer, especially for children, teaching people how to put golden light through their body and around a golden bubble around yourself and all of that, how to actually stop people's energy from actually attaching to yours so that you then can't move forward with your own purpose that's a big one as well that a lot of people are unaware about, and I'm not going to go into that now, but, yeah, look into that. Um, for me, tapping into my past incarnations, which is also my past wisdom and trauma, and I think that's another wee key point, is a lot of people look into the wisdom part, but they don't look into the trauma part. So everything has an equal opposite, everything, and I learned this in the Demartini world, everything scientifically has a good and a bad, a right and a wrong, a nice and a mean, whatever you want to call it, an equal opposite force. What's like a, a battery is a positive and negative charge. Our bodies are exactly the same. You can't get rid of half of yourself. And I think that's something that when I was growing up, the positive thinking movement that happened in the 80s and 90s, it really screwed with people's understanding of what we are because you can't just be positive all of the time we know if you tap into spirituality that our ability to uh, raise our vibration is personal we can each do it on our own which then rises the vibration of humanity lots of people are understanding that now which is incredible and exciting it's really important for me on a daily basis to focus on that because easy to go down a bunch of rabbit holes and feel um, demoralised by that. Not saying you shouldn't have that information, but just don't ingest it in the heart space because it's not yours. It's other people's stories or or knowledge or information. Some of it's facts and information, but it doesn't mean that that has to become your future. So I'm a big believer in the fact that the people that choose to honour love and light, energy, healing, all of the stuff, you will find a pocket of an amazing life to live and other people around you might not understand how you did that because they don't look at themselves in that way. And so in every town, city, whatever, there are people doing that in this right now, in this moment. And I feel really grateful and blessed that I've been able to find that. Had I not have sat in that five months and addressed myself and said, who am I? What am I here for? What, you know, what is the point of all of this? Why am I experiencing this? Um, I had a lot of um, negativity towards me during um, 2020, 2021, because I didn't mandate my business lost a lot of business now it's coming back because I stayed true to all people Mm. you know this one um and so I guess that was me having enough courage in that wee pocket of courage again you know I kind of go back to these same analogies but 
at the end of the day, you know 100% in your heart of hearts if you've been authentic or not, and you don't even need to say anything to anyone or no one needs to say anything to you. You know. And we sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. However, the more you're able to step into your own powerful place and be present with what you have in this moment today, that's all we have. And for me as a a salesperson, as a business person, as a person who's always been a driver, I've I've always been really good at making shit happen. I find it really hard to stay in the present moment because it's not what I've been conditioned to do all my life. All my life I was taught to you know be that person who works hard gets stuff done xyz and um you know i've had to unlearn and i think that sometimes that's the biggest hardest part for people my age is we've got to unlearn old patterns and and old habits and old ways and and all of that stuff so i don't know if that's useful information to you to you guys I <laughs> love you and love um, everything that you shared. And so, you know, thank you so much, Rach. Thank you so much for the richness that you thank offer you. the world. And, you know, you're just you being you, you being authentically you in all aspects because you make you. the world a better place, sister. Well, you know, all I'm doing is capturing images of nature and the universe and sharing it with others, hoping they'll understand their own magnificence, and that's my purpose at this life. And it's simple and it's basic. And I was saying this to you before, like it's so simple that it's almost too simple that people go, oh, there must be more than that. And actually, sometimes that is all it is because we're also kind of conditioned into being, um, you know, the next the next shiny bell or whistle or whatever actually realistically most of us are here for probably one decent thing you know and it could be being a parent it could be being you know something really simple it doesn't have you don't have to be the biggest person in your industry or anything and and I think people forget about that too that sometimes you can be hugely successful but that comes with a price Mm. I don't actually want that life. I don't want to be in that space right now. I'm actually quite fulfilled just sharing my work to not just for this generation, but the legacy will be the images will live on when I'm gone. And that is also quite a cool experience for me to capture history as it is in each picture, which changes on a daily basis. You know, and so, you know, when as as generations go by, people may look back on them and go, wow, that was cool. I didn't even never seen that in real life because it's changed, you know. Um, So that's just one wee small contribution that I can make to the world. And if that opens other people's hearts up to, you know, what's possible for them, then that's actually what I'm supposed to be doing at the moment. I love it. (laughs) 